We live in a world and in a culture that will terrify you of everything in pregnancy, especially the birthing part. I've actually seen memes and things like that that talk about getting an epidural from the time you're pregnant. I mean, we are trained to think from the very beginning of pregnancy that there's just no way you can handle this. It's the worst and you might as well give up now. Whether you realize it or not, you've had these seeds of doubt sown in your mind since you were young. There's a generalized negativity around what should be one of the best and coolest parts of your life. And I get it. I mean, nobody likes pain. Most of us are scared of pain in some way. And that's natural and it's normal because it's how you stay alive. It, it keeps you from doing dumb stuff that's going to get you killed or hurt, right? But is natural birth the same? Is it something you should fear or is it something you should embrace? Today, we're going to talk about that, and I'm going to give you eight reasons why you, yes, you, the one that's listening to me right now, you can do this, and why natural birth is the best way to have your baby. Yes. Yes, I said it. I said it out loud. It's the best way. Don't believe me? Keep listening. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Hey mama, do you wish that there was a way to grow your faith in God as you prepare yourself for labor and birth? Have you been searching for reliable information about pregnancy that doesn't leave the creator out of the birth process? I know what it feels like to be frustrated at trying to find solid information that doesn't try to force evolution and almost pagan philosophies down your throat. When I was pregnant, even as a midwife student at the time, I felt I couldn't find that solid base of information I needed to draw me nearer to God while preparing me for the journey of birth itself. Imagine if you had a roadmap to strengthen your walk with God while gaining the information and skills you need to confidently face birth as well as the postpartum period and breastfeeding. Well, now you've got it. That is exactly why I created the Your Birth God's Way live online childbirth education course where I will teach you all you need to know to make informed choices during pregnancy and to face childbirth with strength and confidence and faith in the one who made you, your baby, in the birthing process itself. Inside this course, you will grow your faith and your knowledge base at the same time. You will be able to confidently make the best decisions for you and your baby without compromising what you know to be true. You will walk away with a closer relationship with your Heavenly Father, as well as a foundation of learning from me, a certified nurse midwife who has not only spent 20 years in the maternity field, 
but has also walked the talk. I had all of my babies naturally outside the hospital and breastfed them all for well over a year. If you're ready to step into a faith-based childbirth education program, then this is the course for you. And now is the time to sign up. I'm only going to be able to admit 25 mamas into this first class so that we can have a small, intimate group where we can share, grow friendships, and walk this road of pregnancy together as like-minded Christian women. I want you to be a part of it. So don't miss out because once it's full, doors are closed for good. The link to sign up is in the description of this episode, so head down now and claim your spot. At that link, you'll find all the details of what is included in the course and what we'll cover each week. Not only will you get the content listed there, you will also get exclusive access to weekly live question and answer sessions at the conclusion of each class, so you can get customized answers to your specific situation. This is a -a one-of-a-kind course, and I want you there, Mama. So head down to that link now so you can claim your roadmap to peace and joy, not chaos and fear, during your pregnancy and birth. If you've gotten to know me by listening to this podcast here, you would not have recognized me when I was a new nurse. For the first like six or eight years of my career, I was all in on medical things. I thought natural birth people were crazy and were gluttons for punishment. When I was working in L&D in my first labor and delivery job, we would actually have paperwork pulled and ready for the C-section for the moms who came in with a birth plan. It was almost like we were wishing failure on them. We were going to go ahead and get everything ready because we knew it was coming. We're going to go ahead and start preparing. I remember, though, eventually with time, realizing this can't be right. I began a period of transition over the next couple of years when my entire outlook changed. I had seen both sides, or I have seen both sides, I should say, and I can tell you that one way is better, and I think you know what I believe it is. If you hate pain, join the club, mama. We all do. Pain hurts. No one wants to hurt. If you think, though, that you have a low tolerance for pain and you can't do it, I'm here to tell you that you are wrong because God made you for this. With the right support, the right mindset, and the right preparation, you most certainly can do this. And it is nothing to be scared of. It is a transformational, beautiful thing that really honestly loses some of its beauty when you numb it. Just like with anything else, when you mute your senses, you lose something that would have made it a more full and complete experience. The whole experience is a, it's an exquisite symphony of events that God wrote the way he did for a reason. And I want to share with you eight reasons why you should experience it his way without an epidural. Now, just a quick disclaimer Epidurals do have a place. I've had mamas who were just exhausted after days of labor. And perhaps the epidural was the only thing at that point that kept them from a C-section. I get it. But it's like everything else. It's a tool to be applied in a very specific situation. Not a blanket treatment that everyone should get. Because there's just too many problems it can bring along you could have avoided 
if you're most moms who don't really need it. Okay, so let's dig into this a little bit more. Let's look at the first reason that I believe you can do this. Number one is you were made for this. Literally, God made women to have babies. He made us, our whole design is centered around our ability to bring forth new life. What an awesome and cool thing that we have an opportunity, a privilege to bring babies into this world. Let's look at some of the ways that he made us for this. First, your pelvis, your hip bones are actually multiple bones and they move and they're designed to move so that when the baby is coming through, it can fit. They wiggle, they stretch, things move around to accommodate that sweet baby that's on its way out. But if you have anesthesia, which is the epidural, or there's other types as well, but in this case, we're talking about anesthesia. I mean, we're talking about epidural. You will be in some of the anatomically worst positions possible to facilitate birth. By that, I mean, you're probably going to be laying in a bed, likely on your back, maybe with your hip tilted a little bit, but the opposite of the way that you need to be to work with that beautiful design of those multiple bones in the pelvis so that they can move the way they need to. Because guess what? When you're laying flat in a bed, the outlet where the baby comes out is made the absolute smallest because it pushes that backside of your pelvis up and it tips your tailbone up and it makes everything smaller. Well, I don't know about you, but when I think about letting a baby out, I want things to be as big as possible so that it gets out as quick as possible, right? That same outlet that's the smallest when you're on your back is actually the shortest, the distance from the top to the bottom. It's the shortest and it's the most wide open when you're upright and squatting, which is a natural movement that many mamas end up in during birth without ever even meaning to. They're not even thinking about it. It's just natural. He made you to do this. He designed you to do this. There are so many examples of the ways that he made us for this. And the pelvis is really one of the most beautiful ones because our pelvis does so many things that it just can't do when we're laying down and can't feel ourselves from the belly down. You want to be able to feel and move. Number two, you are strong and you can do this. And I say this, it, it sounds redundant in a way because I started out with the, these are the reasons you can do this, but I just really want you to focus on what our culture has taught us about ourselves. We've been taught to doubt. Our, our culture has taught us to turn to the medical system for our answers and for our guidance to where the medical system has been made to be God. The culture has taught us that without a doctor, we can't possibly know right from wrong or what's really going on. We have to have somebody with letters after their name to tell us what's going on. We can't know what's best for us without their help. And as an outgrowth from that, we certainly can't birth our own babies without help. We're broken. We're not able to do that. We're not that strong, right? Wrong. It is simply not true. You have the strength and the ability that you need to do this. You don't need the medical system 
to tell you everything. You don't need a doctor to tell you whether or not you can have a baby. God made you to have babies. And you have the strength inside of you when you set your mind correct and block out the negativity and focus on the one who created you. And when you reflect on and you think about the fact that this whole process, this whole design, every bit of it is his idea. He's the one that came up with it. He's the one that put all the parts in place. And he's the one that's going to get you through this. And you, with his help, absolutely, most certainly can do this. You are strong. Stop listening to the world that is owned by the, by the enemy, by Satan. He is our enemy and he is a liar. And he wants you to doubt yourself and to turn over your strength to people who don't believe in him and don't follow him and don't want his best for you. You are strong. You can do this. Number three, I want you to think about the fact that pain from injuries, like a sprained ankle or broken leg or whatever, the pain from injuries is different from labor pain. When you're hurt, and by hurt I mean injured, the pain is different than the pain that you deal with during labor. Labor pains are intense. They are. But they are intermittent, meaning they come and they go, and they have a purpose. Each and every one that you make it through is one less that you'll ever have to deal with again. And that was one of the things I would really tell myself when I was in labor, like, okay, that one's over. Don't have to do that one again. And each one, we don't know how many we're going to have, but there's some set number that we're going to go through. And it's like a number line and you're getting closer and closer and closer to the end. But each of those contractions, waves, whatever you want to call them, is bringing your baby a little bit closer to your arms. And you don't want that baby to come down super, super fast. I know it sounds like it would be nice to get it over with just instantly. But when things happen too fast, there's other problems that come with it, like tearing and all kinds of other things. So we want to avoid that if possible. So this little bit by little bit by little bit thing that we go through is another beautiful part of his design. It's how it should be and it's how it needs to be. And each one of those pains that you feel is getting you just a little bit closer and just a little bit closer and just a little bit closer in a manageable way so that your body can handle it. I can't fully explain what it's like to go through those. There's no way to fully understand it until you're there. It is hard. Please don't get me wrong. It is hard. But this is where you really turn inward and you focus inward, and you pray a lot, and you surrender to this process that is involuntary, because you can't make it happen. You can't stop it from happening. It's going to happen when God's ready for it too. And so when you let go, and you let your body do what it's designed to do, and you lean on God, who is the one that made the process to start with, it becomes something that you can do because it's being done for you. You can deal with it. 
I promise you that you can. And that's one of the beautiful things that we're going to work through in the Your Birth God's Way childbirth course. We're going to work through how to deal with it and get into techniques and skills and things like that that are going to help you through. It's not a pain that you can't endure. And it is not a constant pain. That's another really cool thing about God's design is he didn't just put you in this intractable, awful pain. Yes, it's, it's strong and it's intense when it comes, but you get beautiful breaks in between as well. You can handle this. You can do this. I promise you with the right tools and the right support, you can do this. Number four, another reason why natural is best is because you can't work with your body if you are numb. In labor, we often find ourselves doing things that we really don't know we're doing or we didn't realize we were doing them and maybe we didn't mean to do them, didn't think about it, it wasn't a conscious thing, but we're doing them. Little movements, little ritual type motions, they happen a lot during natural birth. You'll just look over and you'll see mama just swaying maybe or maybe sitting on a ball and bouncing a little bit, not thinking about it, or maybe just um, doing different little steps, all kinds of different things. And they're kind of ritualistic. They're, they're not really thinking about what they're doing. That is an instinctual thing, again, that God gave us to make our body be in the positions they need to be in to let that baby out the easiest way. Your body knows how to do this without you even knowing why you're doing things. God made it a beautiful involuntary thing. But if you're numb, you can't do these things because you won't feel them and you won't know they're there. And even if you did know they were there, you wouldn't be able to move to be able to accommodate them. You're laying there in a bed, again, in a the worst position you can be in laying down and you're numb or you're almost numb. You're out of control. And many, uh, some of the moms who have had epidurals before, who then later had natural births, one of the things they tell me that they disliked the most about the epidural was that feeling of having no control that feeling of, of not being able to do anything that they felt like they probably needed to be doing. They felt like they were being robbed. And, and believe it or not, even that moment of birth, when it's the most intense and the hardest of the whole process, a lot of moms report after the birth that they feel like they've been robbed because they didn't feel that moment happen. And I, it's another thing I just can't fully explain because I've been there three times, all natural, no anesthesia, and it is just an amazing level of intensity. But it's such a cool moment. And if it's numb, it's just not the same. Being able to even reach down and catch your own baby because you're upright and you can do that is just such a cool thing. And you lose that. You lose that beautiful moment if you're numb. Now let's kind of look at some of the downside of epidurals themselves, because we've talked about all the reasons why your body is a beautiful, wonderful thing and why you should work with it. But let's look at some reasons why you just want to avoid epidurals if you can, as yet another of the unnecessary interventions in our medical world. 
the biggest one really is that anesthesia is risky, especially epidurals are risky. If you don't know, an epidural, I'm going to just give you a brief overview, but an epidural is a long needle that goes into your spine to a very specific space inside of your spine and injects medication. Sometimes it's just a one-time injection. Sometimes it's a tube that goes in and it's um, left to give a constant dose, kind of like an IV would be, only it's much longer. Okay. So you can imagine that putting an, a needle into your spine would carry quite a bit of risk. However, epidurals are commonplace in hospitals. It's expected that just about everybody that comes in is going to have one. And as such, they are sold as being safe. It's kind of like a lot of other things in our world. You're told they're safe, but are they? You still get that laundry list of risks that they read off to you before they'll place it. You still have to sign paperwork saying you understand those risks. And let me just tell you, they don't want to put those risks on there. So if there was any way to get around having them on there, they wouldn't be there. So the fact that they still have to tell you all those things that could happen is because they happen. Those risks, those things they list off, they're real. And they're not all that uncommon. I know that that's hard to believe. I know that you don't want to believe that. But I'm telling you, they are not uncommon. Spinal headaches happen. Nerve damage happens. Nerve blocks that are slow to wear off happen. Hot spots happen. So many other side effects, shivering, tinnitus, pain where the needle goes in, nausea, backache, problems with urination, they all happen. You'll also, while you're having the, or after the epidural is put in, you're going to have a urinary catheter put in place because you're not going to be able to feel when you need to go pee. That gives you another chance for infection because now you have a catheter in, which just in and of itself increases your risk for infection. There's also another thing that happens that's pretty scary and it's called a high epidural and it can and does happen. And when it does, it's an emergency. Basically putting that epidural in is a bit of a blind process. They're having to go by feel because they cannot see inside of your spine. And every now and then, the epidural catheter goes the wrong way. Somehow the needle either is turned wrong or maybe on the way in it hits something in the, in the catheter, which is a fairly flimsy tube, just ends up going the wrong direction. Well, if you get numb on nerves that are too high, you can't feel to breathe anymore. It's scary. And it's an emergency. But guess what? The spinal headaches, the nerve damage, the nerve blocks, the hot spots, the high epidural, all those things, you know when they don't happen? If you don't have an epidural to start with. Yeah, it's nice on to some. I, I personally wouldn't have wanted it, but to some, they really don't want to feel the pain and they're willing to take those risks. But why? These are serious risks. And like the nerve damage that I mentioned, that doesn't always go away. Sometimes it becomes a lifelong problem. I, I've dealt with patients who have had this. Spinal headaches I've dealt with countless, countless. And if you don't know what a spinal headache is, basically when they are putting the epidural in, there's a leakage of spinal fluid. 
which causes a, a just severe headache. And the only way to relieve the pain from that headache is to lay flat on your back. Well, can you imagine trying to care for a newborn flat on your back? And then the cure to fix it is what's called a blood patch, which is where they have to then go in and do the needle again to try to patch that up to get it to clot and stop leaking. It's a mess. And sure, it doesn't happen to most, and I'm not trying to be fear-based. But what I am trying to do is to help you understand that this thing that has been sold to our whole world as being safe isn't always. And you don't know when you're going to be the one to have these side effects that you could have completely avoided. This isn't something that has to happen. It's a choice and you can choose to avoid it altogether and to avoid those risks. Risks. Number six, epidurals cause you to labor and deliver less effectively. And this goes back to the point I made about your pelvis and being on your back being the worst position that you can possibly be in. You are no longer upright, obviously, when you are numb from the waist down. You can no longer feel the need to move. And that sets you further down the cascade of interventions. What do I mean by that? Sometimes epidurals are placed and they cause your labor to slow down. Why that is, don't really know. It could be a combination of things like what I just said. You're not moving anymore. You're not upright anymore. So you've got all these factors that were working in your favor and now they're gone. Um, Sometimes it can just, basically you weren't fully in a good active labor pattern yet. And so that relaxation that you're having can just kind of cause it to go away. But guess what happens when you're in a hospital and you're already taking up the bed and you've got the epidural, so you have been declared as you're going to have this baby. It's not like we can just stop the whole thing and send you home and give you some more time. Not that that happens that much anyway. But you're there. We got to get this baby out because you're taking up a bed. And when you're taking up a bed, you're costing money. Now, granted, you're going to have to pay a lot of that money. But the quicker they can get you out, the quicker they can have somebody new in that bed and get that money from another person and another person and another person. And you can not like that if you want to, but hospitals are a business and they are in the business of making money. And if you are taking up a bed for too long, that's not good in their book. So you get your epidural, you're no longer laboring effectively because you're laying flat on your back. And so then we set up having to increase Pitocin because we've got to get these contractions happening but then your baby doesn't tolerate it well. So then we have to do the things to get baby's heart rate back to where it needs to be. So we back everything off, but then we have to turn it all back up again and back and forth and back and forth until eventually, if the baby's not tolerating, we end up with a C-section. Or if your labor's not progressing, you end up with a C-section. And all of that very possibly could have been avoided if you would have been able to work with your natural instinctual things in your body to labor effectively. I know that's not everybody's situation. I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush, but I need you to understand it's frequent. I I wish that I had been aware of these things in some of my labor labor and delivery years before I was a midwife and that I had somehow maybe kept statistics 
But I'm telling you, it is so common. It is so common to the point that I can almost guess a pattern of how a person's labor is going to go just by the choice of having the epidural at all. It's, it's, it's disheartening. It's a little bit disgusting, but it's real. Let's say you do get to the point that it's time to push. Let's say you get, you know, you continue to labor and the baby's coming. When you have an epidural, if it's working well, you're not going to feel that urge to push the same way as you would if you were, if, if you were laboring natural. You may not feel it at all. And so it's very hard to direct your pushing force to the right place when you're numb from the waist down which sets you up for all kinds of other issues and operative interventions that you don't want, like forceps or vacuum extraction or any number of other things that I'm not going to go into the details because I'm already getting longer than I meant to. But suffice it to say, when you can't feel to push, it's hard to push. All right. Number seven, babies can be impacted by the epidural medications. Some studies show that babies who have been inside of mamas who have had epidurals have trouble latching on. Well, how many people in our society do we know that can't breastfeed or had trouble breastfeeding or could never latch on or this and that? And how many women in our society do we know had epidurals? Now, not always is one the cause of the other, but how do we know which ones are which? And how do we know that we're not creating this problem? Some medication does reach your baby. Maybe not as much as you would get from an IV medication, but some does. And the medications that go in an epidural are narcotics and anesthetics. And I personally did not want either one of those anywhere near my baby, and I hope that you don't either. Other problems that the baby can experience is that it can end up in a bad position. Again, when you're laying flat on your back and you're not able to be up moving, the baby can end up in kind of wedged into the wrong position Um, and you can't feel what your instincts would naturally tell you to move to help them to get in a better position. You can't feel those things or move with those things to make them better. It can also cause heart rate abnormalities, and it can lead to more interventions. As I mentioned earlier, the operative births, and that doesn't just mean a C-section. That can mean forceps, vacuum extraction, episiotomies, all these kind of things. It can also cause respiratory depression, which you don't want in your baby, I promise, because that sets them up for all the interventions and potential NICU admissions. And let's avoid that. Finally, number eight, when you get an epidural, your postpartum period is started off behind the curve. You can't get up and go to the bathroom. You can't get up and go clean up. You can't move as effectively to get in the right position to nurse. Often your bottom is more sore than it would have been because you've pushed longer and harder than you probably would have naturally because you couldn't feel. And so you're having to try to compensate for that. And it causes a buildup of swelling and and edema in your bottom that just makes it hurt worse. There's so many things, mama, in that postpartum period, especially in those first couple hours that you'll be dealing with that you don't have to deal with if you will just trust the maker of your body and work with his design and do this the way he intended. Now, again, do all these things always happen? Of course not. But I can guarantee you if you don't have an epidural, these things won't happen. 
Epidurals, like everything, have their place, but it's a very, very small place, and it's simply as a tool. If you've hung in this long, I know you're thinking about doing this. And while you might know on a cognitive level that you can do this, you might still doubt if you actually really can in real life, right? I want to help you to prepare because you remember back at the beginning, I said one of the things that you need to be able to do this is support and preparation. And I want to give you both of those things. Inside of my Your Birth God's Way Christian Childbirth Education course, I'm going to give you the tools that you need to be prepared to walk into your birth with confidence and strength, knowing, knowing mama, that God made you for this. We're going to work on techniques and strategies, if you will, to ensure that you're ready to cope with what labor brings without being afraid, plus so, so much more. Over the course of eight weeks, we'll go in depth on everything you're going to need during pregnancy, things like nutrition, in-depth information about nutrition to make sure that your body's as strong as it can be and your baby's body's as strong as it can be. Choosing birth location, birth provider, your baby's provider, choosing what you want and what you don't want during pregnancy and birth. Exercise, keeping yourself in good shape so that your body is ready for the work of labor and birth. We're going to look at how labor works, whether or not you should be induced, what you need at your birthing time, body positioning so that you're able to labor as effectively as possible. We're going to go through some affirmations and some mental and physical exercises to get you focused and ready for birth. We're going to talk about pain management because while we don't want to do an epidural, we've got to be able to manage what we're going to go through. So we're going to talk about the truth about that and some ways it actually will work. We're going to prepare you for that birthday, your baby's birthday. We're going to look at the realities of hospital birth versus home birth or birth center and what you need to do to reduce your risk for interventions, how to keep yourself low risk so you won't need the interventions. We're going to talk about pushing. We're going to talk about departures from normal, things that might go wrong and what to do about them, how to know if it's an emergency or not. We're going to look at how to care for yourself and your baby after birth. We're all the way up through the first year because one of the things that I know a lot of mamas are scared about is postpartum and all the things that come in and it kind of feels like you get forgotten in our culture, but we're going to go through the things you need to know to make sure that you're okay during postpartum time. We're going to just cover so much. And then the beauty of it all is that at the end of each course, you're going to get a chance to submit your questions to be answered by me, anything you want to know. So if there's something maybe that you wanted to talk about that wasn't in the curriculum and you're wanting to talk about it and learn about it, that opportunity is opportunity is going to be there for you. So I hope that you will go down to the description right now and get signed up. That course is going to start on June 22nd. It's going to be live on Zoom. You're going to be able to find all the details at the link below. It's going to go through all the different things that are covered, but there are only 25 spots and several of those are already claimed. So I don't want you to wait around and miss out. I want to be able to be a part of your story. I'm honored that you would even consider it to let me in to help you through this awesome time of life. I want you to embrace it. I want you to have the joy that God intended for you to have. And I want to be able to help you rock it, mama, because I know that you can. I know that you can. And so 
If you have any questions that aren't covered at that link, my email is below in the show notes. So you're welcome to shoot me an email so I can, can answer and make sure that you know that you're making a good choice. Pray about it. Ask God to make provisions for you to be able to take it because I promise you're not going to regret it. I hope this has blessed you and answered some questions for you and put your mind at ease. And I can't wait to see you back here next week. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.